With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to the Vistage podcast series. I'm Dave Nelson, a Vistage member since 2003, part of CEO Group 676 in Pittsburgh, and your podcast host. It's my great pleasure to highlight extraordinary leaders with this series. I don't usually mention it, but to, uh, to—to be on, you have to be vi- nominated by one of your uh, your Vistage chair. So, um, very cool. And every episode, we get a number of valuable ideas to apply in our businesses. So today, I'm joined by Sharon Ryan. Uh, Sharon is the president and owner of Dasher. So, uh, Sharon, welcome to the Vistage uh, podcast. Thanks, Dave. It's uh, great to be part of this. Well, fabulous. I want to tell people just a little bit about about you and your business and uh, then have, have you uh, build on that. So, uh, you know, the first thing I, I love about your website, I spent some time on the website and also on uh, my Vistage just uh, researching for background. I always tell people that, you know, when, when a visitor comes to the website, they don't want to spend a ton of time uh, and trying to get their head around what you do, and they don't want to read a bunch of words. And, and so get just a, a short, concise description of what you do. And uh, right at the top of your website in a nice big red box with white letters, we are experts in successfully communicating complex information about Medicaid. Now, I know there's more that you do, and we're going to talk about that, but that's just a, a beautiful positioning in the uh, in the mind of of customers, so I think that's uh, that's fabulous. Thank you for that. Well, tell tell me a little bit about Dasher and your core business. Now, you um, you purchased this company back in two thousand nine, if I remember correctly, and have been running it as the president uh, ever since. So that's what, what approaching six years. Uh, yeah, this is our actually our seventh year. Okay, so running Dasher. Yeah, yeah, tell tell us a little bit about what Dasher does. As as you mentioned about our website, it's pretty clear we tried to be very transparent. And Dasher exists to help people live happy, healthy lives. We connect people with opportunities to achieve a better balance of body and mind and spirit, which we think is the path to a happy, healthy life. And most of our work, as you mentioned, focuses on working with low-income populations who are enrolled in the Medicaid program we help them understand the services available to them, and we help them utilize those services. That's fabulous. And by the way, I, I'll compliment you on that uh, description too. One thing I I always tell people about marketing is that you've got to make it about them, and you really put that into the about them kind of. Uh, our, our clients want to live happy, healthy lives, and so uh, very nice framing and, and very nice focus. It's It's very true too. Well, I, I believe that. I see the consistency throughout. So uh, when did you actually join Vistage? I joined Vistage right after I purchased Asher in 2009, so I've been a Vistage member for about seven years. Okay, and, and if you would share with us one like valuable thing uh, that, um, you know, how did Vistage help you along the way? 
What I like to say is that my business would not be anywhere near where it is without Vistage, and I, that's not hyperbole. There, anyone who is in Vistage would probably share that same sentiment. It, it's just that much of a game changer, and I think being exposed to all the knowledge, but also having the opportunity to share and discuss issues with our group has has revolutionized anything I could have uh, greatly improved anything I could have ever done by myself by far fabulous and and I think that's probably uh, uh why most of us are in vistage i as I mentioned before have been a member for twelve years here in pittsburgh and and by the way, you're also in uh Pennsylvania, are you not? Yes, we have offices in Harrisburg, Pittsburgh, actually Cranberry, and uh, which is north of Pittsburgh, and we have an office uh, outside of Philadelphia and a smaller office in the middle of the state. Wow. Well, I'm very close to Cranberry Township, so this is a uh, home state Vistage podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. All right. So another thing I noticed, I've, I know I've got some questions that I gave you that I want to talk about, but another thing I noticed about your website uh, is there's a section where you say our social mission. And um, for those who maybe haven't really been paying attention to uh, demographics, I uh, just want to point out that uh, you know these this new generation, sometimes called Gen Y or the uh, millennials, uh, typically born uh, defined as born between 1982 and 2000, making the uh, uh, oldest of them, if I'm doing my math right, 33 in the workforce now. The millennials, they care deeply about working on something that has a purpose. In fact, that often comes way ahead of salary and other traditional benefits. And uh, I just uh, heard recently from a uh, Vistage speaker that by 2020, so about five years from now, 49% of the workforce is going to be these millennials. And, of course, that means 49% of our customers uh, are going to be these millennials, and they care deeply about uh, purpose. And so tell us a little bit about I'm sure you've done your social mission work for broader reasons than that, but boy, it seems really aligned with the uh, the, the trends and what the new generation loves. Yeah, several years ago, I did a test online. The Pew Charitable Trust has a quiz that you can ask, can take the questions, answer the questions, and it tells you if you are a millennial. And uh, even though I am definitely a baby boomer in that baby boomer generation, I think the way I look at things is I definitely, I just naturally look at things the way the millennial generation seems to. And the reason for buying Dasher was to have a company that, where everybody could be equal, where everybody, every human being, once they walked in the door, was of equal value, and that everybody should be heard. Everybody had to have a voice, and uh, that every voice would be listened to. And, um, and, and then also to be able to create a company where we could help people get a leg up. People have made mistakes or people who just really needed to be in a, a nurturing environment to get in touch with what's really important in their lives and uh, and to proceed in that direction. So having this social mission of helping people lead happy, healthy lives by and through many through many ways, but also uh, with Dasher offering meaningful employment and a respectful and safe work environment. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's it means it means a lot to me personally, and um, and I think it does resonate with our team. By the way, I'm also a baby boomer, and um, super into social media and technology and my iPhone and Apple Watch and all that stuff. Uh, you know, so I tend to look at things uh, with that same kind of millennial perspective and really respect this new generation for the 
uh, the talents they bring. I, I tell people, especially when they are baby boomers and they've sort of fallen off the technology path, uh, look, anybody, you're whatever generation you were born to, but anybody can choose to be part of generation tech, which is essentially what the millennials are. Right. And I think, I mean, it's a great, it's a, if we're going to have a generation that's that's focused on meaning, what how, what could be better than that? Um, I think that right now a lot of purchasing decisions are made based on what's behind the the, the packaging, and um, and I that's 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 awesome. And some of the baby boomers, by the way, are starting to retire now and slow down and start to think about, you know, legacy purpose, and so yep. uh, it, it sort of goes uh, 360 around that circle. So I say thank you, all you millennials. Uh, me too. <laughs> by the way, I've got a couple of them myself, so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and, and then one last thing I noticed about your website was uh, a section called Data Breach Notification. You told me a little bit about that before we got started. That's going to be a super interesting discussion, but just in case it goes long and uh, uh, not of interest to everybody, although, frankly, if you're running a business today, you, you need to hear Sharon's story. But I want to leave that for our last topic and uh, just some of the questions I queued up, if you don't mind. Let's, let's get to them. That sounds great. Yeah, so uh, thinking about running your business, uh, what's the best business advice that you ever received? Because I'm always trying to learn as much as I can, I'm constantly getting good business advice. It's it, you know when we try to go it alone, I want I always wonder to myself why why am I trying to go it alone when there are so many people who have been there and done that. Uh, so I'm so I always remind myself to to stay alert to to get that guidance, and so. What I wanted to say, some of the best advice I've received has some recurring themes. And so the first theme is discipline. Most of the time, we already know what we should do. We should eat less. We should exercise more. We should make that call. We should do this or do that. The trouble is that what's easy to do is also easy not to do. And so one of the themes that uh, makes that, and the best advice I've gotten has been uh, being disciplined is essential. And the second theme that I, from business advice that ties into this, and, and the best business I've gotten really is to focus. That is so hard. I have to avoid distractions and only do the things that only I can do and make sure I stay on course because there are so many things that I, I, I mean, everything whirling around me seems like an opportunity. There's, there's very few things that I lay eyes on that I don't see opportunity in. So staying focused and, and staying um true to what we're working on now is really important for me. And the last theme from the best business advice I've gotten is to always remember that the key to success is finding a way to serve a lot of people. Whenever I evaluate a business opportunity, the first thing I look at is how many people can we serve. And when you think about that as business advice, it is so, so true. If you can serve a lot of people, truly serve a lot of people, you're going to be successful in business. Wow, interesting. Uh, by the way, you're not the uh, only business owner entrepreneur that might have a little trouble with uh, with focus. I think oh, it's yeah. it's um, you know we all tend to be or most of us tend to be just a little uh, ADD. I myself get bored easily, and so I you know I'm much better at starting things than finishing things. 
Yeah, and that's that's not that's not good. No, that's not good. <laughs> the best <laughs> advice good. you'll get is to focus and be disciplined and serve a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you do I all like three it. of those, you're in good shape. In good shape. Yeah. In fact, I was um, uh, years ago. I bought a uh, an old six unit apartment building, and I was wa- working with one of my uh, uh, friend's kids, and um, you know, he said to me. Uh, Dave, you are a starter. You are not a finisher. Just you know, based on <laughs> working on renovating this apartment building, and it was the most honest piece of advice anybody had ever given me. This this kid who was substantially younger. I was probably only 24, 25 at the time, but it really it struck me, and I focused thereafter on uh, focusing, and it, it has been immensely helpful. So I, I think we've been a little bit on the same journey. Definitely. Well, so you've had a lot of leadership positions. You were president and COO of a healthcare consulting company before you bought Dasher. I know you chaired a $12 million United Way campaign. Uh, so what, what surprises you about being in charge? Well, you know, what surprises me about being in charge is, that, is this, and that being in charge is very overrated. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one of the most surprising things about being in charge is how not in charge you really are. <laughs> because to get results, it's not about giving orders. and It's about getting the buy-in you need. And getting buy-in can be complicated. It's a continuous and long-term process. It takes a lot of work to be in charge. And another thing that surprised me is that uh, by be- when I'm in charge, I need the courage to be imperfect. I can't always be right. And there are times when I really have no idea what the best answer is to a question. And I have to raise my hand and say, you know what, I'm not sure here. And that takes courage. Interesting. So that's also one of the surprising things about leadership. Is that yeah. you, have to be, you have to have that courage to say, you know what, I don't have all the answers. And yeah. by the way, I might all, the answers that I have might not be right. Right, exactly. Uh, none of us is as smart as all of us. And so it, it's not a top-down kind of thing. I would absolutely agree with you. Um, by the way, I'd silenced my iPhone here, but my iPad uh, forgot, and that was a severe thunderstorm warning. It's getting super dark here in uh, Allegheny uh, County. We're going to get but that soon. We shall, yeah, it's coming your way next. Uh, we we shall continue. So, wh- what would you say? I mean, just related to question, what's the hardest thing about being a leader then? So, not to be Debbie Downer, but there's really nothing easy about being a leader. I think leadership is helping people accomplish their goals while they move in the direction of accomplishing my vision for the future. We can all get what we want as long as we all know what we want. And I find that many of my teammates are still figuring out what they want out of their life. And uh, that, that is, uh, that's hard. I, so for me, that one of the hardest things about being a leader is creating the space necessary for the people who follow to be their authentic selves and, and let me in on the secrets about what they want and what they truly care about. Sometimes I have to go pretty far down the lane and really expose my own hopes and dreams publicly and not worry that anyone will squash them or laugh at me or say, that's, you know, why is that important to you? It's irrelevant. Um, and as an introvert, that's a challenge for me. But it's necessary because when I really do open up, it creates enough space for my teammates to share at least a little bit of what they want out of their life. Or at least they walk away wondering about it. You know, what she's, she, maybe, you know, what she said is nuts. But what do I want? And that's the goal I'm looking for because when I know the hopes and dreams and personal interests of my team, I can take steps that help them move them 
themselves, help them to move in that direction, which is really the best and most fun part of leadership is helping people accomplish their goals uh, while you're accomplishing yours. It's, it's a great thing about leadership, but it's difficult. Well, I, I'm going to go back to you are a millennial <laughs> in spirit. <laughs> and I mean that in the best way. Um, a little bit off script for the moment, but if I were uh, you know, drop in on your company for an hour and be shadowing you or somebody else, what would I notice about your corporate culture? Well, the first thing you would notice is that we have no offices. Like you so mean no physical walls in the building? Correct. Okay. I'm sitting in a conference room that has a wall of windows, so even our conference rooms are not closed off from outside. But no, all of our desks are out in the open. So that would be the first thing you would notice. The second thing you would notice is that it's not as noisy as people often think. Um, and so um, you, you, you perceive it to be quiet. And um, But then if you sat still for a little while and you watched – the, the interplay and people moving around, you would notice how easy and well people share information and how bonded people feel with the people they're working with. Because um, it, it, having no walls is the most beautiful experience. I could never go back into an office because the information just floats around. And, uh, and I can be talking with one of my coworkers about an issue and Somebody across the way will say, "Oh yeah, I got something in the mail about that. Let me bring it over." Now, you know, so it's just such a good sharing, open relationship that we have in our for our culture. Fabulous. Uh, you mentioned earlier some of the benefit of your Vistage Group and Chair. Who's been your best mentor along the way? Certainly, my Vistage Chair, John Dame, is a great mentor. Great. Ah, just saw him great yesterday. Chair. Wow. He is a fantastic chair. Fortunately, I've had a few mentors who coach me on a variety of manners. I remember um, hearing a, someone talk one time, and uh, it was uh, Harvey McKay. And he was saying that he had a coach for everything. You know, he had a coach for this, a coach for that. And I, I, I was like, yeah, you know, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I think so, from, you know, from a standpoint of mentors, what I have are folks in my life who can mentor me in a variety of ways. For example, I'm very active in the community, and you mentioned the United Way campaign and raising $12 million. That I had to learn how to do that, and I learned that from people who have done it before. So I also have people who can co- coach me, mentor me on how to, you know, how to look in terms of long-term with my business because they've sold their businesses, they've, they've, they have that experience. So I, I, I'm all constantly meeting with people for the purpose of, of learning from them. And I'm a voracious reader, so, so I consider some of those people to be mentors because I, I don't read a book once. I, uh, the minimum that I'll read a book is three times. And somebody once said, you know, read fewer books more times than more books one time. And well, for since, example, since I you read, brought up the topic, what, what would be a book that you think business people must read? Every year. Read How to Win Friends and Influence. Ah, okay. Every that, year. That, that is a Once great a year. one. Yep. Um, read Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, you should read that multiple times. And um, so, so those, are, those are two of the ones that, that I have read many times. But I also, I mean, I'm a big, big fan of like Jim Rohn. Seth Godin is awesome. I'm reading Leap right now, Leap First. And, um, and I actually am listening to it as well. So, um, just a just great stuff, and that's really important to go over and over and over some of these books so that it really 
because every time I hear it or every time I read it, I pick up something new. Yeah. By the way, it's funny you mentioned those the, the two books you did, Think and Grow Rich and How to Win Friends. I decided for my 21- and 24-year-old boys this year to give them those two books as Christmas gifts. And, uh, you know, I just I think they're really great books. That, they're written in the 30s, I believe, but they're timeless. Well, there's actually, too, a new Think and Grow Rich for Women. Oh, is there and, really? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, so I, I really like that. Um, it was very interesting from, from, the, from the women's perspective. But I go back and read the original Napoleon Hill um, for, to, to constantly remind myself. But How to Win Friends and Influence People, I, I found that people, they're like, I never even heard of that book, especially some of the younger people. And, um, and then they'll read it once. They'll go, that was interesting. And I'm like, well, you know, what was in Chapter 4 on page 8? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> like, you should know. Because that whole book is about repetition. I mean, it's practicing those techniques. Just reading it once won't won't do it. So do you have a particular um, mantra or quote that you're constantly sharing with your people? I have a couple. Um, there's and, and if you ask my team, they would validate this. They'll they echo would, this, okay. Yeah. That they would know, no, they would say that's what I say. Okay. So, because um, I'm, 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 I'm not that imaginative. Um, <laughs> but the first mantra is this: through struggle comes growth. So, um, when when you think about that, it legitimizes original mistakes that people make, and it makes it acceptable to be uncomfortable or unhappy sometimes. So people say, you know, rah rah rah, this is happening and this didn't work, and I'll be like, through struggle comes growth. And if we don't know pain, we don't know joy. But then the other thing I often say in relationship to through struggle comes growth is success is a great friend, but failure is a much better teacher. And so that's the first mantra. Um, And there are actually three. The next one, I I can even say to people, I'll just look at them and they'll know exactly what I'm going to say and they'll say it before me. And that is, everybody's different. So when things when you're dealing with people and you're wondering about, you know, why they're doing what they're doing or why they're thinking what they're thinking or why they're saying what they're saying and you just say those two words. Everybody's different. It makes it so much easier to accept that they're going to have different ways of looking at things. And you don't waste energy on thinking everybody should be the same because everybody is different. So the third thing is um that I often really work with people closely here on is, and it it pertains to how we deal with each other as well as how we deal with our friends and our family and and our clients. Um, And that is that when people know the why, the how becomes less important. So we always talk about the why. Why are we doing this? Why are we going to try this? Why should we care about this? Because when we know why someone is doing something or when we know why we're doing something, we can we can make things happen. We can very quickly figure out how to begin to implement or how to make that happen if we understand the why. Fabulous. And that, again, sounds very Gen Y millennial. So let's go uh, way off topic to something that we hadn't planned, about, uh, planned to talk about until we uh, were doing the show prep. I noticed on your website something uh, right in the major heading. Let's see, you got one, two, three, four, five, six, one of which is data breach notification. So tell, tell us the story. Sure. So first, in my own defense, I mean, we really do focus on helping people in, in low-income populations live happier, healthier lives. 
So um, I wanted to say that. However, um, this is the data breach services hit us as another opportunity to help people in difficult situations. And so one day I'm, I'm, I'm merrily, proceeding merrily along with my life and an email drops out of the sky from our payroll vendor and that email says, uh, by the way, our system was breached. We, don't, we know they got a lot of data. We don't know how much they got though and um, we'll let you know when we know. So just to clarify, it was your payroll provider system that was breached. Correct. Our and they're payroll. notifying you that they've had a data breach. They've had a data breach. <laughs> of course, it's your your data, your bank accounts, your employees. But okay, keep going. Yes. So, um, and that started a cascade of events that uh, really affected us, and and took a lot of time and a lot of focus, and um, including having to change our bank accounts. It turned out that the that the data breach, that the the data that was that was stolen went back 10 years. And so we had all of our data from 10 years back uh, from, the, from a corporate standpoint, but also um, all of our employees and our former employees. So I was getting a lot of inquiries from lawyers of former employees. Oh, you can man. imagine how fun that was. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so, and people very confused about what was happening and, and, and really um, how to deal with it. And so when we were Eventually, we—I mean—we really tried hard to get the information for our employees, and um, and learned a lot through that experience. And so, really, we we said, hey, we 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 have the capability to communicate about an issue, and we have the capability to take calls and and help people understand issues. And we thought, you know, we could so do this better because we have experienced it. I mean, we 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 understand the vulnerability. We understand the anger. We understand that victimized feeling, but also we understand the um, animosity. We understand how people are confused into taking no action at all. And so we, we really became focused on if we had the opportunity to provide the service, we would really want to do it. So we, we made some connections in the market, and uh, and we've been fortunate enough to be able to do some data breach response projects now, and it's been really, really rewarding from our standpoint to be able to get people who who really need information and who need someone just to hear them. They want to be heard, um, and and we just we really enjoy it. I the first data breach we did, I I personally took the calls, and um, I can tell you that I was on cloud nine. Now I know I mean and not because people were upset, but because we were able to help them. And um, it was really, it was a really good experience. So we would like to continue to do that, simply because we know what those, what the people on the other end of the line are feeling. So you lived through it, learned, right. and then turned it into a service for others. Correct. That's 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 what we we know, and, and we hope to continue to to provide that service because it is really, it's fun. It's fun from our standpoint to be able to help people. But also, we know we know what's going on. We know how to. We understand the protection of data. We understand um, because we work in healthcare. We are a secure data facility, so we understand data security. We understand how these things happen. Um, we, we we I think we have a pretty well of a, a thorough perspective on the angles here, and uh, and can help people with that understanding. Well, it sounds like it's very aligned with your larger mission and values. And boy, if that's not the ultimate story of turning lemons into lemonade that I think I've ever heard. Amazing. 
Well, it was sure. it was motivational because, uh, as I say, through struggle comes growth. And uh, in this case, you know, we definitely struggled to to get upright and stay upright through that process. And 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 we also still continue to live with the concern that that information is going to be utilized at at an opportune time for the people who possess it. And um, and so we must remain vigilant. Fabulous. By the way, I've heard it said there's only two types of companies in the world anymore, those that have been hacked and they know it, uh, those that have been hacked and they don't know it. So uh, I think you've got a uh, a winning service there. I, You know, I, I, it's one of those things where you, you wish you, you didn't have to need this service, but I think we're that day, those days are gone. Um, that they're they're with the uh, gone along with the days of you don't need to lock your car or lock your front door. Yes, and yes, you do. Yes, uh, and of course the uh, most recent one as we talk was the uh, uh, Office of Personnel Management or OPM. Uh, I forget the numbers are rising every day, but more than 10 million government employees. But before that, it was Anthem Healthcare and Home Depot and Target, and you know if companies. Uh, like that, that have teams of people working security are being breached. Uh, it's not a very uh, safe world anymore, is it? No, but the thing that I would say to people who are affected by a data breach is to take action, is to take the steps to protect yourself. And that's probably the most challenging message to get across is is don't don't be frozen into inaction. Don't be. Don't. Uh, don't get pushed into feeling that you're helpless and can't do anything about it. You can protect yourself, and you should protect yourself. Yeah. In fact, having a data breach plan before it happens, uh, or a response plan, if you want to call it that, uh, wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, think through what happens when, if it happens, or when it happens. Yeah. And, and, but I'm speaking more to the individuals who are oh, I deeply see. affected okay. by this. Yeah. And, and that is take action. Do you know? Follow. Read the information. Follow the steps, call the call center, talk to them, and get specific steps that you need to take, and then think it through. Look at, look at what's out there um, and really take steps for your financial health so that you can protect it and make sure that you feel that, you're, that you have taken all the steps that you can take and should take. Great, uh, great advice. By the way, I don't know if you can hear it, but the thunderstorm in the background is raging. The rain is pounding <laughs> like on the window here in my office. <laughs> it's an um, interesting soundtrack for the podcast. Sharon, <laughs> it, it was such a delight uh, speaking to you today, and, and thanks for joining the podcast and sharing uh, just some really valuable thoughts and uh, really a couple interesting stories there. It's been great being with you, Dave. I, I really appreciate this. It's a great effort that you're and a great uh, product that you're putting out there. Fabulous. Well, folks, if you're interested in learning more about Dasher, the website is dasherinc.com. That's D-A-S-H-E-R-I-N-C, just like it sounds, dasherinc.com. And the data breach notification is real easy to see right across the top, one of six major navigation items. And if you're interested in learning more about Vistage, please check out Vistage.com. It's a great way to take your business to the next level. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Vistage podcast series. We hope it helps you accelerate your business. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.